Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into it i suppose moving on from that we'll, we'll we'll run through the hurling games obviously two games that took place in the senior hurling championship and obviously a few other lower tier games as well but it was waterford 428 tipperary 227 another huge win for waterford i mean to beat Galway and then to go and, and beat tipperary like back-to-back wins i mean tremendous stuff from from waterford to to go and and beat another top team because i think a lot of people at tipperary and galway is the the two closest teams to limerick this year and, and waterford had gone and, and took them both out yeah absolutely support from waterford i didn't expect to see it coming given tips first half performance against limerick i thought they'd have enough to beat this waterford team but she's waterford they came out of the traps quick quickly and even Stephen Bennett wasn't contributing as much to the team this time around. Like Austin Gleeson, I'll say this before I say it again, the guy is so underrated as a player. Like he might be inconsistent over the last few years. He just scored one three on Saturday. He scored two sidelines. This guy is an absolutely brilliant hurling player and should be recognised as that. And Watford in general, I suppose that goes on to the manager, Liam Cahill. He's He's... Drill something into this Waterford team. He's done absolutely brilliantly. And to even look at the way they played Saturday, well, I suppose Tip will rue them goal chances. Like, like that moment, I think it was five minutes left in the game. I think it was John McGrath going through a goal. He flicks it inside. Uh, surely the next guy will take it. No, the next guy, Seamus Cannon, he puts it wide. And you think, geez, are this Tip team actually going to get a goal? And then Sean O'Brien makes a miraculous save. And then the next puck out, Watford scored a goal. And that's the game. Look, I think Tip, Tip, it's it's kind of a strange one. It, it really is a strange one to comprehend because they were, in most people's eyes, all earned contenders this year. And they, they were so kind of last year as well. I don't know where they just uh, once every three or four years all Ireland team in many ways. That's, that's the vibe I get off Tipperary anyway. And even... Their older players, like for instance, Noel McGrath, their centre forward, only scored one point in the entire championship. I know he's a he's a legend for Tipperary hurling, but maybe it's time to bring on these younger players like Jake Morris, Owen Connolly, Andy Armand, Connor Bow, etc. Try and bait these players in quickly as possible because the older players, yes, Seamus Cannon scored two goals the last day, John O'Dwyer scored four points, but most of them older players, I think they're coming to the end now and Liam Sheedy has to bite his tongue a little bit and bring in these old old uh, younger players because they definitely need them. Like You could see Watford had the legs on them all over the pitch at times in that game. And it's a worrying time for Tipperary hurling if they don't bring in the younger players sooner rather than later. But hats off to Watford. They won the second week in a row where they weren't expected to win. And considering... The first two games of the championship, actually, against Clare and against Leash, they were particularly poor. Maybe it's a sign not to peak too early and peak at just the right time. And I think Waterford are peaking at the right time. And 
fair play to Liam Cahill, fair play to all the players, and that may continue because they'll be going to that Limerick game now full of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and I don't think anyone really seen it coming. Like, I know they, they were impressive enough in the league at different parts, but the league was almost like a glorified challenge league in many ways. You couldn't really look too much into it. I mean, we've seen how impressive Galway were, and then they go out and lose two games in the in the championship. And, and for Waterford, yeah, they were very underwhelming against Clare, against Leash. They just about got over the line. Like Leash were actually leading going into the final five minutes and, and could have potentially actually won the game. So like quite incredible for Waterford to, to find something within themselves to, to go and do what they did against Galway and then against Tipperary, like even the likes of Peter Hogan, Jack Prendergast and even Desi Hutchinson, like when you get him on the ball as well, he can work wonders. And like we said, with Austin Gleeson, like a, he was probably so highly rated that he became underrated in a weird way. Um, and, and now he's, you know, producing that kind of form and in a different kind of way to what he'd normally play, like playing further up the pitch. So very interesting from Waterford and obviously Limerick next for them. And I mean, look, I mean, they're probably the closest team to Limerick right now. It's it's probably a, you know, it's probably fair enough to say that. And that will certainly be a, an interesting, uh, an interesting game. It certainly will. Yeah. And considering Limerick have three weeks for our game, that'll be a big test to Limerick's resolve if they could beat Waterford. Seeing how well Waterford played, as underdogs, there was nothing on them. There was no pressure. This is a scary prospect for Limerick, no matter how well they're playing. And Watford will be looking for revenge after last year's all the final. That's another aspect to this game, which makes it so interesting. So Limerick will definitely have their, their hands full with this toy here. And Watford will not lie down whatsoever. Liam Cahill will not let them. It's, it's going to be a very interesting game to see. To see the the tactical side of it as well, you see, will Limber conserve their energy in the first half and blitz them in the second half against Tipperary? Or will they go hell for later in the first few minutes, which they did which they did last year, not so much this year? So it should be very interesting to see what happens. But Watford will not lie down in this game. This will be a tough game to call. I can actually see Watford pulling a surprise. I know this will be a surprise to some people, but I just see Watford winning this game considering they've had three wins on the bounce, considering in them three weeks, Limerick have had no game. Like that's gonna be that's gonna be a big factor in this game to see the fitness of these players. Like Watford, the adrenaline will push it on. Limerick, you just wonder, will it be the same as other Munster champions down through the years? Will they struggle with that? with that long gap without the game. So it should be very, very interesting, this game. And Liam Cahill against John Coyley, it's, it's, it's going to be an epic encounter, definitely. Yeah, it's becoming a bit of a, a new rivalry in, in many ways. And Hurland obviously played each other twice last year. Once, of course, in the in the Munster final, and obviously once in, in the All-Ireland final. Like, And I suppose the interesting thing about those uh, those games was there was no goals in, in either game, funnily enough. And... Like obviously for for Waterford coming into this game on the back of scoring four goals against Tipperary, scored a couple of goals against Galway as well. So, I mean, they're certainly a team that's um, coming in with a lot of confidence. And I mean, I like I tipped them to be Tipperary personally, just because I haven't seen enough of, of Tipperary's fight so far this year, and we'll discuss that in a brief moment. But. I don't know, like Limerick just looks so good in that second half against Tipperary. Like they really, really clicked into gear and 
I just, I, I personally, I just don't see any way Limerick don't win this All Ireland from here. Like, but I, I don't know. I could be wrong. We'll have to see. Like, it's, it's going to, like, you, you know, the Monster Championship, the Monster Champions don't through the years. They, they're without a game for a long time. Not so much last year because it was a strange year and all to, for all concerned. Like, it was a two week gap. This is like a three, four week gap now, like it was in the previous years. You see, Cork in 2014. They struggled against Tipperary. They absolutely got slaughtered. 17, Cork got beaten by Watford. Tipperary got beaten by Galway, I'm sure, one year as well. Limerick themselves got beaten by Clare in 2013. They got absolutely slaughtered for many parts of that game. So it can play a factor, especially this year. It's back to normality, a small bit rather than last year. So this will be a challenge for these Limerick players. And Watford, they won't lie down in this game. Like most people tipped... Galway Tipperary to win this game and voila Watford just put it out of the bag it could do so again we'll, ha- we'll have to wait and see but this this will be a close game it won't be like last year annihilation in many ways it will be a very very close game will what, Watford just over the last few games they've just had had it in the tank to beat Tipperary and Galway I just wonder can they do it again against Limerick seeing as the last few performances, confidence could go a long way and Liam Cahill will be buying these players to try and beat Limerick. And I suppose if this Limerick team is going to be beating this superb Limerick team, it's going to be no. When they're without a game for three weeks, when they're a bit rusty and Watford, they have to do what Tipperary didn't do, put them away in the first first half, put them away so they will not come back into the game. Do Watford have the potential for that? I think... They have the youngsters for that to run the legs off Limerick. Like, Watford are more pacey than Limerick in many ways. Like, Limerick are big, strong fellas. Watford are pacey and around the likes, of, the likes of Desi Hutchinson, Patrick Cord. They'll be buzzing around the Limerick cornerbacks in the first half, I'm sure, given Limerick's, Limerick's match fitness over the last few weeks. Well, I might be wrong now, given... You know, this, the Cork team at 14 and 17, the tip team at 15, aren't up to Limerick's level right now. Or even the Limerick team back at 13 aren't up to that Limerick level. So it should be very interesting to see, but this will be a very, very close game. Can Watford win it? The proof will be the pudding next week. But one thing is for certain, Liam Cahill will not lie down without trying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely going to be a, a very interesting game, all right, between the two, and, and definitely one worth keeping an eye on this weekend. I suppose just discussing Tipperary, like since they won the All Ireland in 2019 for for Liam Sheedy's men, it's been two wins in the championship and four defeats, and those wins were against Cork and Clare, which I suppose most people, I mean, look, listen, Cork could go on to an All Ireland final, but I think most people would probably not perceive Cork and Clare in the in the top four or top five in terms of teams in the country, but. I mean, Sheedy's loyalty has probably cost him maybe a little bit. Like, even after the game, he was very loyal to his players. He didn't speak bad about them at all, which you have to kind of commend in many ways. But, yeah, like, it is uh, it is a bit of a rebuilding job, and you would wonder if he's the, the right man to do it. I mean, he's earned the right to stay on, considering what he's done across two spells with Tipperary, but definitely a lot of question marks over, over Tipperary at the moment. There is, yeah, and especially the old player debate. Like I mentioned this before and as well in our chat. Um Noel McGrath only scored one point in the entire championship. Seamus Cannon scored two goals and did not much else. He missed the target for the last attempt there. 
John O'Dwyer in fairness played well enough. He scored four points, but still, you, you just wonder, can they just bring them young players to try and excel? Another thing as well, look at their top six scores. I think I have a rough idea of this. Yes, their top four scores are all forwards, the likes of Jake Morris, Seamus Cannon, John O'Dwyer, and of course, Jason Ford. But when you look at their fifth top scores, correct me if I'm wrong now, but I think it's Ronan Mard, their fullback. Like, that's that's an incredible statistic. And even you think forwards like Dan McCormick or Noel McGrath, who's been playing centre forward, would have enough to step up to the plate. But look at the, them stats this year. They haven't. They certainly haven't. And it's a worry for Liam Sheedy in many ways that these older players haven't regained his trust in many ways. Like John O'Dwyer has, Seamus Cannon has kind of, yes, he scored them two goals, but he's kind of, you know, been in the decline over the last few years. Jason Ford, I think, is probably the only one of them forwards that really, really stepped up in all them games. He's been instrumental for Tipperary keeping the main games. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting what happens to Tipperary next year. Are they willing to proceed to to stick with Liam Sheedy? I don't know, will they after the last two years, but Maybe they'll give it one more year, and if he fails again next year by reaching only a quarterfinal, which isn't good enough for Tipperary hurling, I've known this for years. Like an all out quarterfinal is not good enough for Tipperary hurling, and you will not be judged by how many quarterfinals you reach. You'll be judged on how many Neil McCarthy's you get in the trophy cabinet. That's always been the way for Tipperary. So, look, we'll, we'll see what happens in year four with Liam Sheedy next year, and if he fails again next year by reaching only a quarterfinal, I think it's curtains, but we'll have to see. He has to blood in the young players next year, at least try to blood them in, because the older players don't seem to be repaying him with their with his trust. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose you could have a situation then where you have a number of retirements, and then you have to bring in bring through all these you know young lads into the team and and kind of you know put all your trust and reliance on them. And I suppose it'd be a lot of pressure for for some of those players. You kind of wonder why he hasn't you know maybe brought you know played the odd player here or there like Owen Connolly maybe in the odd game or Connor Bow in this game. Like you would wonder why he hasn't made those uh, those changes sooner. A bit like what Cork have done in the league, for example, the way. They've kind of used Alan Connolly and, and Shane Barrett and Jack O'Connor in, in a few different games. And you can tell that those players know their role in the squad. And and I suppose speaking of Cork, like obviously beating Dublin 226 to, to 24 points. Um, I'd imagine as a Cork man yourself, you're delighted anyway to be back in an All-Ireland semi-final. For myself as a, as a Dublin man, not so much. But look, I think this game went very much as, as most people expected. Like Dublin caused Cork a couple of problems here or there. But Cork were, were always in control and, and, and realistically always going to win this game. They were, yeah. And um, it is unfortunate about uh, Dublin what happened with the COVID cases. And I think they really put it up to Cork in the first 10 minutes. And Cork withstood that pressure. I suppose that shows a great sign of a team that we did. And Tim O'Mahony has been outstanding in this championship run through the field with that first goal. Shane Kingston got another goal in this championship. So the positive for this Cork team, we're getting goals and we haven't got them in the last few years. We got goals to get us really to halftime with a very good position yet um, on Saturday night. And that was the win of the game, getting them two goals uh, in that first half. And Dublin did pull it back to four points, but I think that was as far as Dublin got in the end. And it was 
it was plain sailing for Cork don't, in the game then after that. And as you say, with the younger players brought in, the likes of Shane Barrett, Alan Connolly, I think Jack O'Connor's been absolutely outstanding. He probably should have got noticed in 2018 or earlier than that because he's formed for a club side called Sarsfields down here. He's been absolutely tremendous in the Cork Senior Hurling Championship. But he's got noticed now and he's he's a superb player. Superb player. And the onus is not so much on Patrick Horgan now. That's the positive. And the likes of Shane Kingston, Jack O'Connor, Shane Barrett and Alan Connolly when called upon are doing well. Seamus Hartney is doing well again this year after averaging four points a game last year. So, look, the signs are very good going to the Kilkenny game. As for Dublin, look, it is a strange with Dublin. Like Shane Downing and um, Brendan Cummins were discussing last night, is this overachieving for Dublin or underachieving? And some people said to Shane Downing at the end of the game, um, it's neither. That's where Dublin expect to be, but... I suppose with the Dublin talent they have coming through at under 20, I suppose as a Dublin man yourself, you probably expect Dublin to reach an All-Ireland semi-final and given the resources there as well. So, And Matty Kenny's a, a stew coach as, as well as that. So that's an interesting topic, I suppose. What do you think yourself, Aaron? Do you think they're overachieving or underachieving in a way? Yeah, like I, I think maybe, yeah, you know, Shane Dowland's probably kind of hit the, the nail on the head there in many ways because I think... For Dublin, for a county like Dublin, the size of Dublin, everyone knows the resources, the funding, blah, blah, blah. Like everyone kind of knows the, the scenario there. And obviously, majority of that goes to football. And like we've probably got some of the best hurlers in the country playing football, like Cormac Costello, brilliant hurler for, for Whitehall Comkill. I've seen him a few times. And Conor Callaghan, obviously phenomenal for, for Kula down the year. So even Lee Gannon, who's coming through, is a very talented hurler, but he might end up going on to play football. Dear McConnelly's been another fantastic hurler for whatever reason, doesn't want to play with the with the with the senior hurlers after retiring. So it is an interesting one. Like it's I, I wouldn't say we're underachieving and we're probably not overachieving either. Like beating Galway is definitely overachieving, but at the same time, it, it's a tough one. Like it's a hard one to kind of put the nail on the head. But with the players coming through at the moment the young players coming through from, from under 20 level, it definitely would be an underachievement if we didn't get to an All-Ireland semi-final over the next three to five years. Like I think with the fact that you, like you're seeing Tipperary are slowing down, Galway are slowing down. Okay, they have great underage players coming through and you're even seeing like Clare, do they have a good underage crop coming through? It's it's, it's hard to know. So it's going to be tough. Like even Wexford, maybe they'll, they won't be as good now without Davy Fitz there. So it's going to be interesting and like I would expect though Dublin to to be there thereabouts or to be challenging but it's it's a hard one to know because like what I was saying earlier like you've got so many like brilliant hurlers that go on to play football unfortunately so that's always going to be a bit of a a bit of a hindrance I suppose yeah it's it's actually I had uh, Daniel Hussey during the week on the podcast it's actually very interesting the exact opposite happens here in Cork as well like he was saying Conor Callan's the best hurler you have in the county and he's not even playing for the hurling team. The same down here, Jamie Callan's our best footballer and he's not even playing football. So it's it's a it's a difficult one to try and get the balance of both. I suppose Galway have done through the years, but speaking to RF at the start of the year, he was saying North Galway is mostly football, South Galway is mostly hurling. So maybe that's probably one of the reasons why. So... Look, it is a difficult one to try and balance both. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens with Dublin Hurling. See Davy Fitz obviously go away during the week from the Wexford Hurlers, as we expected, obviously. 
will he know take up the Dublin job if Matty Kenny? But see what Dublin achieved this year. I can't see Dublin getting rid of Matty Kenny, in all honesty. So it should be interesting to see how Dublin. The main thing for them, I think, is to build on the performances this year. They got to an all Ireland quarter final. They were looking in many ways at the Leinster final after the COVID outbreak. So, look, it's positive this year, but the main thing is to build on it and achieve even bigger things next year. That's the main thing for Dublin. And even even question, will Lee Rush and Danny Sutcliffe stick around now? I think after the performances this year, I think they will. I think they will stick around. But I think they need to bring the younger players through sooner rather than later and try and get their wins under their belts. Maybe even Leinster Championship is a realistic game for Dublin, but we'll have to see. But it should be very interesting down through the years, but it is an interesting topic how to balance the two in both football and hurling for Dublin and Cork and Galway in some aspects as well. Well, they've um, achieved it down through the years somewhat. Yeah, yeah. Like I suppose Galway have have found the balance, and obviously Cork. I remember won a, a double at one stage, and I think in nineteen ninety when they won football and and hurling in the same year. Like I feel like Dublin would probably be the only team many people would think of that could do the same. But it is uh, it is a tough one to to kind of find the balance, and I think the defense is definitely there for Dublin, like with Owen O'Donnell and and Dara Gray, James Madden. Paddy Smith and, and even Alan Nolan in goal, like the defence is there. It's just about finding that balance and attacking and finding, you know, getting, if Danny Sutcliffe is going to play, they need to get him more involved and get him more in the game because when he is on his on his game and when he is at his absolute best, like he can really shoot the lights out and, and cause all sorts of problems. I suppose for Cork, just touching on them, like obviously it's Kilkenny next and I suppose like when you have, like Tim O'Mahony has been brilliant so far for, for Cork this year, obviously brilliant in the Dublin game man of the match in my opinion from I didn't see the game live but I seen the highlights and he was absolutely uh, exceptional Pat Horgan brilliant as always and going into Kilkenny next and like what we're saying like Limerick having that three-week break Kilkenny have had an even longer break so I mean real opportunity there for for yourselves to go in there with a bit of momentum and and potentially catch the the cat's cold it is definitely and um even look at Kilkenny last year against Watford they got caught cold and Watford, the energy they had in the second half was enough to beat them. And the, the main thing about Cork um, going into this game, like in 2018, the last time we reached our, our semi-final against Limburg, what let us down badly was our bench. We didn't have much on the bench. We only really had Mikey Callan to come on, Jack O'Connor, but he wasn't really established at that point. Fast forward three years, and our bench looks absolutely stacked now. The likes of Shane Bowers, Alan Connolly, Dickie Dalton there as well. Look, it's it's a brilliant bench to have. And I'd be confident going in as a car fan. I haven't over the last few years going to semi-finals or quarterfinals, but with this team, with the legs that this team has, with the goals that we could potentially get to win the game in the end, look, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be on. But what would concern me going into this game as a car fan is Kilkenny's you know, their strength all over the field. They are not particularly pacey as us, but they're they're more built than us. The likes of TJ Reid, or Cody have been exceptional this year. Dar Cochran at wing back's been brilliant. So it's it's gonna be a diff, a difficult game for Cork to get through, but maybe it's a chance in the first half, especially, to catch this Kilkenny team cold, considering they haven't played for three weeks or so, even longer than Limerick, obviously. So maybe it is a chance to get those goals early, like we did against Dublin on Saturday night, 
And like we did score two goals in the first half against Clare as well. Maybe if we score maybe three goals in that first half, we'll be well on the road to victory in this game. But I don't want to seem overconfident this Cork fan now because there's still a game to play, obviously. But the signs are looking good for us to beat Kilkenny. Obviously, the last few meetings haven't gone according to plan. I think the last time we beat them and the only time we beat them over the last few years, I think since 06 in championship was 2013. And that Kilkenny team seemed to be on the way down after, after a brilliant few years. So, look, our record against Kilkenny isn't that great. But I think our team has the potential to beat Kilkenny, especially in the first half when they're a bit leggy, a bit short of match fitness and this should be a very interesting tie and an all the final for either of these teams definitely will they'll take that at the start of the year obviously Kilkenny and Cork historically will be going for Liam McCarthy's but for the development of both sides I think an all the final is a brilliant prize to have for these teams at the end of the season so it should be a very interesting game as a Cork fan I'm going as a bit of confidence arising yeah, absolutely. I can imagine so because they definitely have, you know, to to get that win over Dublin, even against Limerick, like you, you had opportunities in that game and, and maybe if you had shown a bit more killer, killer instinct kind of in the final five to ten minutes, it, it could have been a lot closer than, than people think. And I think a lot of Limerick fans as well even kind of fear Cork more in, in some ways because you have this kind of underage success and, and, and these players that are coming through. Obviously, you were supposed to be in an under-20 final this weekend there's been a COVID outbreak between the under in the under 20. So it looks like that game's got postponed, but like generally speaking, like you've a lot of very talented hurlers coming through there at the moment. And it does feel like, you know, we've said, we've been saying this before, but at some point over the next three to five years, you probably will crack the code and, and win in all Ireland. And, and whether it's at Limerick's expense or not, I'm not sure, but certainly like you're the like Cork are definitely moving in the right direction. Anyways. They are. Oh, definitely, and even looking at our under-20 win over Limerick, we're in a minor final now against Watford, so things are looking well on the up for car curling going down through the years, and um, we actually didn't win an under-20 before um, uh, 2020 since, I don't know, was it 2000 or was it the 90s even, so that's a positive for car curling down through the years, but we haven't won in all Ireland since 2005 in hurling. Like that's like a famine here, 16 years. Like it's, it's a pretty, pretty long time. And obviously this current crop can definitely win the All-Ireland. Look, it's, um, we could have the legs at Limerick, considering Limerick beat us before. And we weren't performing at our very best against Limerick. If we perform at our very best in the next two games, who knows, we could definitely win the All-Ireland. But a lot of our fans saying we have the, we have the hand on the trophy already. Look, we, we don't yet. We don't yet. We we have to play Kilkenny first, get over that, and maybe a bit of confidence will seep into our system going into a game against either Limerick or Watford. But look, there's a game to play against Kilkenny. We must not take our eye off the ball, and we have to beat Kilkenny on Sunday to get to an all other final. But it should be very interesting to see, not just this year, how Cork develops over the next few years with the under-20 challenge coming through. We, it looks like we we could even win a second under 20 all Ireland in a row. That'll be absolutely brilliant for the county. And with some brilliant players coming up through the ranks, the likes of Podrick Power and Dara Flynn, as well as that. So, and Kieran Joyce looks at ball or centre back. So, look, we have the players. 
the problem is over the last few years was the execution. We've executed the skills. We've executed the clin- the clinical nature of our team over the last few games, scoring three goals, I think, an average over the last few games. So it's been absolutely brilliant in that point of view. But obviously there's a game to play next Sunday. We must not take the eye off the ball and try and beat Kilkenny for the first time in the championship since 2013. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and I, I suppose for Cork fans to be like saying there's one hand on the trophy is definitely a, a bit premature. Like Kilkenny, like they were brilliant in the Wexford game. Okay, they weren't brilliant in the in the Dublin game in particular. They didn't need to be really. So it's an interesting one with Kilkenny. It's almost a bit like Mayo in the football where you don't really know like how Kilkenny are coming into this game. Like they've kind of slipped under the radar in many ways with the fact that they didn't, you know, with all due respect to Dublin, they didn't have to play one of the, the top teams in a, in a provincial final as opposed to, to Limerick or, or Waterford. You know, those two teams have, have played top teams already this year. I suppose just touching on on, on Offaly, like a 41 point, um, well, they scored 41 points and, and ended up winning by 21 points. It was uh, Offaly 41, it was Derry 214. We were kind of touching on Offaly earlier, but I suppose great to have Offaly back at the at the top table of, of Hurland, like in, well, not at the top table, but back in the in the John McDonough Cup and, and certainly rising. And they'll probably go into the John McDonough Cup as, as arguably favourites. They have to go in as favourites, and it's actually brilliant the job that Big Fendi has done. And I suppose it was expected they'd win the Christie Ring Cup. Like they should have won it years ago with the talent they have, just suppose with the history they have. But you even see Michael Doyle shaking hands with uh, Michael Fendi at the end, saying, "Look, you've done an absolutely amazing job." Like that unity in Offaly Hurling has been seen in years, and it's a very good sign for Offaly Hurling fans, definitely. And I suppose it's one step at a time. Like they consider themselves way above Derry. They shouldn't have lost a down last year. And now during the Joe McDonough Cup, anything's possible though for them. They're playing Division One hurling as well, which will definitely play to their advantage. Like the only other team playing Division One hurling in the Joe McDonough next year are Antrim. So it you would imagine that that would be the battle next year between Offaly and Antrim. So it should be a very interesting Joe McDonough campaign. Offaly definitely have the players, like the footballers. It is progressing very, very nicely and not may continue because obviously we'd love to see Offaly. The more hurling teams up at the top table, the better. And Offaly look like they have it in the bag with Mick Fendi now in charge, Michael Dighton, Shane Lowry pushing it there as well. So it looks very, very good for Offaly hurling. And as I said, not may continue. It, it looks like they'll win the Joe McDonough Cup next year, but obviously they'll have to keep the head down and drive this on now because this is a huge opportunity for them to get to Lee McCarthy as fast as possible for 2023 so look awfully hurling on the rise and I suppose all the country would love to see it because we need the more hurling teams at the top table the better Absolutely, yeah. Like I think the the more competitive it is, the better. Like and and definitely the Lancer Championship would be would be brilliant up there with you know the likes of your Wexfords, your Dublins, Kilkenny, Galway, Offaly, like all battling and out. It definitely would make it fairly competitive over the next couple of years. Mayo, they were victorious over Tyrone. They won the the Christie Ring Cup. Keith Higgins obviously lifting the 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 Christie Ring Cup trophy. Um, and obviously there was there was a victory for uh, I believe it was was it Fermanagh I think who won the uh, Fermanagh over Cavan yeah yeah Fermanagh who won the the Laurie Mar Cup as well so congratulations to them just looking at the the top four power rankings I suppose in hurling like um, I suppose Limerick are probably top and and maybe undisputable there but I suppose after that like you could make a number of cases really Waterford maybe number two but then after that I mean I don't know like what what would be your top four there. 
it's actually interesting. I've actually um, did an average scoring for all the teams so far, and judging by that ranking, it'd be Kid Kenny number one. They've scored 229, they've averaged that in games, and then it's joint in second between Limerick and Watford. So that just shows that we had Titanic battle on Saturday. And Cork are actually bottom of the list despite getting so many goals in games. Look, maybe that's a sign that Cork haven't peaked to their full potential quite yet. But if you're asking me about my current power rankings, I'd probably go Limburg number one. They've been undisputedly number one over the last few years. Number two, it's a tight one between Watford and Kilkenny, in my opinion, because I don't think Cork have proved themselves in the semi-final quite yet. You'd have to go Kilkenny, just the, the way they performed, the way they put Dublin away, the way they put Wexford away eventually, and the way they performed in the league, you have to put Kilkenny number two, Watford number three, and probably Cork number four. I don't think we've proved ourselves at the semi-final quite yet. But things could change over the next few weeks, and as we've seen over the last few years of the Hurley Championship, things could change within a week or two. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, we, we've seen that quite a lot in, in hurling down the years where, like, one team will be one team and then all of a sudden it's all up in the air. Like, personally, I'd probably have Waterford at number two, I think, with the fact they beat Kilkenny last year and given their, their two victories this year. But, I mean, Limerick could go out and, and hammer Waterford and, and then, like, you know, there'd be really kind of no question there. Top three hurlers in the year, like, who would you kind of have in, in the championship so far? You've obviously done an average score and like what you said, so you'd probably know a lot more about this than me like for myself I mean it's 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 a bit of a tough one you could look at Tony Kelly but obviously he's probably he's not going to win it realistically he hasn't had enough games Um, like Tim O'Mahony I think has been brilliant for for Cork and, and arguably gets in the question and you know you could even look at Waterford and if Jamie Barron continues his brilliant form maybe he gets in but who would you have it's very interesting yeah I'd probably I'd probably go Austin Gleeson as my first choice. I think he's been absolutely outstanding for Waterford, taking two sidelines, that pressure under him. And as I said, he's underrated, undisputedly underrated in the country. Um, another one for Kilkenny, Owen Cody, I think he's been absolutely outstanding in the championship so far. Young player of the year, obviously, last year, he's kicked on well. Third one, I'd probably... It's actually Tim O'Mahony's performed well. I think Kyle Hayes out of the wing-backs has been outstanding for Limerick. And that goal epitomizes it against Tipperary. Cade Lynch has laid Limerick well. Tony Kelly, he should be in the conversation. He scored 342 in the championship so far. So he definitely should be in the conversation. But as you said, realistically, he won't because he he got out in the qualifiers. It's unfortunate that way. I think it's kind of unfair that players are judged off that. I think they should be judged off their performance in general. It's probably unfair. But realistically, I don't think Tony Kelly will be up there clear the year, he probably should be. And even few declared players, Aid McCarthy, Cahill Malone have been outstanding as well. You look at a few car players as well, Tim O'Mahony, obviously, Jack O'Connor, Pat Collins, I think has been a bread of a share of goal. I think he's been outstanding. Robert Downey, I think, has done well around the back line. Noel O'Leary, I think, has been outstanding. Most of the car defenders have actually done very well. And you look at Kilkenny, I think Hugh Lawler has been outstanding. Waterford, Jamie Barron, for Limerick, obviously, Keith Lynch, Kyle Hayes, there's so many, but if I was uh, pushed to pick three, I'd probably go Austin Gleeson, Kyle Hayes, and Owen Cody in the end, but there's been so many good performers so far, and there's more to come. 
Yeah, absolutely. Cole Hayes completely slipped out of, out of my mind there, but definitely, yeah, definitely worth a, a great show, especially after that goal. He, he scored, obviously, in, in the Tipperary game, like one of the best uh, hurling goals of all time, without doubt. Well, look, listen, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up here. Anyway, Matthew, cheers for, for coming on. Appreciate your time. And I suppose, once again, I'll, I'll link down your podcast down below for, for anyone to check it out. Thanks very much, Aaron. And uh, best luck in the semi-finals to Dublin footballers. Maybe it's coming to an end, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens anyway. But hopefully, anyways, we'll uh, we'll we'll get the job and, and keep an eye on the, the rest of the country for a few more years. Oh